0: good morning and welcome to the original loretta brown show and july whoa july
1: already full swing almost right into it
0: like into the second week anyway how was your holiday last week by the way it was awesome i took a little mini retreat for loretta i know i know i got away i turned off technology and um, Sometimes you just you gotta just do that. Gotta do it, right? You know, I hugged a tree in the ground and felt better.
2: Yeah. Trees
1: like setting his cell phone down. Yeah. I'll hug you back.
0: Yeah. The tree was like, "Wait a minute! I got a I got a text, mom, <laughs> and I'll be right with you."
1: <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine.
0: Mama Earth, you mm-hmm. gotta pay attention yep. to her, by yeah. the way, and she needs our love right now. And yeah. Th- if, then you she'll love us back. if you don't love us, if you
1: don't give her love, she'll fight you back <laughs> for it. <laughs>
0: She can be moody, I've noticed, by the way. You know, she's, yeah.
1: Not to, well, she shook a few things down south, so. Wow, didn't she? Right. She
0: really, really did. Yeah, I've been watching that, and of course, everybody's been talking about the earthquakes, Mm -hmm. and and a lot of my clients are like, I think I felt something, you know, and we do have that, um, what do I want to say? It's like that that ring of fire, whatever they call it.
1: Well, there's the ring of, uh, what Mm -hmm. is it, the Pacific.
0: I think that's a song. The burning is. ring of fire. Well, that's Johnny Cash, oh, right? That's something else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can play. That's a that. different type of earthquake, right um, there. Yeah. Did, were you around here when the Nisqually quake happened? A few, what? Years, like a what was it? Two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, it was. So I was at WSU finishing out my uh, degree. Yeah. And I was downstairs in the library, and I I just felt weird for a minute, and I looked outside because we we're uh, a friend of mine, Joel. We were sitting in our computers doing our emails when they were just starting. <laughs> And uh, we looked outside and I could see the hills like kind of slowly rolling and then they got bigger. And I'm like, are my eyes really like tripping out, so to speak? And he's like, no, I see it too. I'm like, I think that's an earthquake. And then within like two seconds later, you could see all the um, outlets popping up online, like Netscape and all that. They're like, oh, Seattle rocked by an earthquake, you know? And yeah, it was unreal. Uh, very unreal. But yeah. a lot of people saw that around their areas after the quakes in California this last couple of days and that they could feel them and, and see the the waves of those aftershocks and stuff you like you
0: know so. it's it's funny what you remember because at that I was actually getting out of my car mm-hmm. I had parked my car and was getting out and I was standing there and it was one of those things where there was a kind of a sound to it mm-hmm. and I you know you can't just quite couldn't. process yeah. and then I'm watching the street light just swinging like crazy mm-hmm. in the road you know like I couldn't quite stand up and then it hits you it's mm-hmm. like oh it's an earthquake and then I'm standing there in the middle of the road going what are you supposed to do if you're in the middle of the road? I don't and there's think you can earthquake. do much more. Really, just
1: stand there and <laughs> just
0: stand there. Out.
1: There's i okay. um, I'm still looking. I have to talk with one of our uh, other producers here, Eric Ryder. He actually was here the day it happened in this building, in Bellevue, and there was a Ooh. video being processed in one room in our aux studio, and it was sh- it was uh, going through into our room here into the main studio. Oh wow! And Lee Carter, who was a former producer here, was standing, and he was like holding on to the counter. And it has the video of him
2: hanging like, on. To the hanging pattern. on. I'm
1: like, I wouldn't even be looking outside though, because we have a five-story story building, building here, yeah. six and seven I mean, above us. But yeah. I would just be kind of like panicking. But our building did very well. I mean, it's actually uh, protected, and we've got up to date, you know, yeah, uh, structure. I, so yeah, it's a good yeah. thing.
0: I think we have a lot of, um, I'm going to say, safe buildings here. Rollers. Or, rollers. Yeah, I think they're rollers or what roll, it's called. Yeah, yeah, whatever the deal it is. So perfectly they, designed for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly right for the so, most part. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. I got a few cracks. It's always good to be a little bit prepared. Yeah. And uh, that made me think about it. Yeah. yeah. Always be prepared. And and, you know, that goes for you and that goes for your kids and Mm -hmm. it goes for your family. And and, you know, it's a good it's a good time to have a conversation, not from a place of fear, because that's not where I like to come from. But yeah. from a place of being prepared,
1: especially when kids, you know, do those little drills. I know yeah. it sounds kind of silly. It takes a couple of minutes before you know it. Everyone's safe, and it's like, oh yeah, we remember that, dad or mom, and let's let's do this again or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just so they know, it should be automatic.
0: Yeah, and I think if you make it like you say, playful like that, like yeah, we're going to do that drill, but then they know they've been through it. Give
1: them a little heads up, yeah, and then but don't do it right. Th- See, this is how I did it, the last one. I, I gave them a heads up earlier in the day, and they completely forgot about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh! And I just said it. I'll do it sometime today. And they just totally forgot. They were outside running around. Then they came back in. And then it, I made, supposedly, <laughs> the earthquake happen. And I was hey, like, we, shook their bed. And I'm like, get out. We got to go. We got to go. And so we did. We did our little evacuation. I love so, that. It's was cool. So you're, you're an earthquake, too. You, you and enjoy I'm an Cass. earthquake. Yeah. I like to shake the world. <laughs> That's right. That's for sure Shake some ground under you. So Watch <laughs> out, because here comes Benny. <laughs> Urgh. Urgh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that the, the I think Earth your, shakes I, under my Earth? Moves Car- Carly, under that, my Carly feet. Simon. I feel this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's Carly. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's. Uh, I think that's your million dollar T-shirt, Benny. I'm an oh. earthquake. <laughs> I'm an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, watch out for that. It's anyway, lots to, li- lot to live up to there. <laughs> anyway, welcome to, like I said, the original <laughs> Loretta Brown Show. This is radio to open the heart, heal the soul, awaken the consciousness, and of course, we like to laugh. Laughter, I think, is the best medicine, and I, I hope that you enjoy. You, you're you going to want to stick around. I have a great guest today. We're going to talk about something uh, important to all of us, and before I bring him on, I want to remind you we are a listener-supported show, and an absolute thank you to all of my listeners, known and unknown. Some people are anonymous, and you really keep me on the air. If you want to be part of that Uh, support you can go to patreon.com slash the loretta brown show and keep us on live radio i mean there's a lot of blog talk radio but we're actually live most of the time we do our best anyway we are alive that's right Uh, i am the owner of reiki oasis located right here in bellevue the greater seattle area we have lovely things going on over there all the time you can find out more about reiki oasis at ReikiOasis.com. you can sign up for everything at schedule.reiki the uh the ladies class the temple of divine feminine is going to be meeting saturday july 20th and we are having such a wonderful time in that uh class we do uh, a lot of things you know the women sometimes need to gather and talk about women's stuff that's kind of what happens and then we do uh circle uh, healing circles and we do support circles and we cry and laugh and 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 have a good time it's really really good we do meditations and uh, last month we did a cacao ceremony and uh, kind of a little uh, I I call them self-empowerment things you know because we need to anchor that inside ourselves sometimes my next crystal bowl healing concert is going to be Saturday night July 27th Saturday night, July 27th, I usually do them Sunday evenings. But this is an opportunity for those of you that have not been able to come out on a Sunday to come out on a Saturday night, 7.30, wear your yoga clothes. Um, you know, be be hydrated. Bring a blankie and a face mask. You lay around. You get your tickets at Bali Yoga in Kirkland. Bali Yoga in Kirkland. Make sure you're at the right location. Yes, sir.
1: I have a question. Yeah. Is there actually an attire for men to have yoga? Like yoga clothes for men? Yoga clothes for men. Or is it just kind of like loosely kind of fit? Yeah,
0: loose clothes is good. Because I
1: understand there's a huge market for the women's side of things.
0: I think you've brought up a really good point,
1: Benny. Okay. I'm welcome to model anything you bring out. Oh, I'm just saying.
0: I actually have a client working on a a line of yoga clothes for what we call the the real-sized woman. Okay. Uh Uh-huh, right? and uh plus size I'll, is usually what, yeah yeah mm-hmm, sure and um i'm gonna i'll throw that at her All maybe, right. maybe she can bring in men's clothes because right. you know it's the manzy onesie is not going to do it which and... i did wear last
1: week <laughs> i did wear a onesie but it wasn't a manzy well i guess it was a onesie what is it that's right we've talked about it in years past and sure enough on july 4th i did it again i didn't even put that together <laughs> Something they're they're just really comfortable. Uh, uh, I'm sorry we're so silly this morning,
0: you guys. But um, a couple of years ago, I ran across a manzy onesie that looked like a, a sweatshirt with pants, but mm-hmm. it was a manzy onesie. You know? So it's just
1: one giant piece of clothing with you a zipper just, with a zipper. So I had that too, but it had mm-hmm. shorts and it was an American flag, sleeveless and a hood. I'll show you the picture. I love. This. Oh, it was perfect. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. You got to. I was the hit at the up. park. Yeah, yeah. Got
1: a lot of compliments. Yeah. Never doubt the manzy onesie.
0: I think so. Okay. I think you got something going on okay. over there, Benny. Sorry, I didn't your that. ball. No, yoga, no, no, no no, ball
1: yoga no. no, no, you're, there.
0: you're, you're <laughs> all good. <laughs> you're all good. So yeah, you can come out uh, Saturday night, July 27th at 7:30. Crystal Ball Healing Concert. They're always healing. People love them, and uh, we have a great time. I know there's a lot of people out there doing that. A lot of people doing Reiki, like what I do. But remember that the person that it comes through is really the instrument also and so it, there's just flavors is what I call it you know I also play the piano and I, I taught piano for years and um, I would just try to help the kids find what I call their signature voice at the piano because everyone's hands are weighted differently so you know what that's like sometimes you just like one better than another it doesn't mean it's good bad or otherwise it's just the way that it is so um, yeah come on out I do have a Reiki class the first Saturday in August. It's Reiki 2 from noon to 5. And like I say, you can find more about all of that at ReikiOasis.com. Very, very quick astrology tune in because we're in the middle of eclipse and retrograde season. We had a full solar eclipse and a new moon on July 2nd. We're going to have a full moon in Capricorn and a full lunar eclipse on July 16 to 17, depending on where you are in the world. And I'm not going to lie to you, my listeners, July 2019 is perhaps the most challenging month of the year because not only do we have those two eclipses, we have very tense oppositions between Cancer and Capricorn. Cancer is following your heart and Capricorn is what are the structures, what are the rules. And we're being asked to move away from that Capricornian structure, that rigidity, and follow our hearts and go in a completely different direction, which is not always easy and doesn't always make sense to everyone around us. They're like, what do you think you're doing? Have you just gone crazy now? And you're like, well, my heart tells me to do it. And they go, you're nuts. You need to get back to work, right? So there's a fine balance in there, but we do have these very tense oppositions. Mercury retrograde is conjunct Mars for two weeks, which means anger. It means uh, wild, stormy emotions. It means, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And then, like I said, we're going to have up to six planets going backwards this month, which is really just a big look into your life. And my best advice is let go of resentments. Let go of your limited beliefs and really, really take a hold of that fear around anything. And let's do some things to release it. This is a great month to stop drinking or smoking or stop those self-sabotaging behaviors that, you know, it's like you say, I'm going to go do that thing. I, I know I'm going to do it. And then you never do it. You're actually going to break through this month. You're going to be so fed up and... Um, I sometimes call it divine anger. You know, it's that force of energy that comes through us and says, you know, you're just going to stand up on your hind legs and you're going to go get this thing done now. So go do it. So if you need help, please reach out. There are a lot of people that can help support you. And please do not take things out on your loved ones. Um, Not a good idea. There's a lot healthier ways to work that intense energy through you. And one of the best things is to take a walk get outside. And like I said, you know, go h- hug a tree, go stick your feet in the earth, um, look up into the sky and be grateful. Remember that gratitude. And I really believe this gratitude can help change everything. So ha, breathe, drink water, get sleep, do all the good things. My guest today, by the way, as this is so timely with The Little Astrology Report, right? My guest today is James Templeton. By all standards of success, James seemed to have it all. He was a highly successful businessman. He had a beautiful wife and daughter. And in his early 30s, he had his whole life in front of him. And imagine his shock when he was diagnosed with cancer. His new book, I Used to Have Cancer?, tells us his personal amazing story of how he found his way back to health. And today, he's going to share that story and what he discovered with all of you. Thanks for your patience, James, with our, our opening, and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Loretta. It's so great to be with you this morning.
0: It's just, it's really great to have you here. I think that, you know, anytime somebody says the word cancer, I think we all go, huh you know, like that. And for you, um, I think we need to just go back because you've been cancer-free for how long now?
2: Uh, over 33 years.
0: Wow. that That's a long time. And um, if my understanding is correct, they didn't give you a very good prognosis when you were uh, diagnosed. Is that correct?
2: They told me I probably had a 20% chance surviving three to five years if i could get through these experimental chemotherapy treatments that they had uh uh give me you know at that time and they said that you know that that was about the best they could do and if i didn't do the chemotherapy treatments i probably didn't have you know that much time so anyway i'm still here
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: you are we're on the phone (laughs)
0: uh you know i mean i do talk to the dead but i don't think that's you right (laughs) i think you're very alive yeah i would love for you to uh go back go back in time go back that 32 33 years can you please tell us what happened because i know that my listeners are really really listening yeah
2: well you know i i was just this guy living in texas and i had like you said earlier i had several successful businesses i was a young guy entrepreneur and i had a wife and i had a little daughter and and i just thought i had life by the tail and i even was in tremendous physical fitness shape i guess you could say i was a runner one of these guys you see running all over the place and when you drove down a road any given day you'd probably see me running down the road somewhere so I was one of these joggers you know these these guys that worked out in the gym and and the reason I got into all this exercise was because my father and my grandfather both died of heart disease at a very Mm. young age Mm -hmm. and I you know long story short decided that hey maybe this was the way to prevent heart disease on my You know side of things and there was a guy back in those days that wrote a book on the complete book of running and his name was jim fix and jim fix was this guy he was the running guru one of the physical fitness gurus back in the 80s and he was a guy that father died at a very young age also and he decided that you know if he took up running and he took up all this exercise that he could sidestep on heart attacks because his father, I think, died at the age of 35, and, you know, he thought you could just decide to eat anything, do anything you wanted to do as long as you exercise. So I thought that I was doing the right thing, and I was a follower of his. And uh, one day I went to the office, and I picked up the newspaper, the morning newspaper, and here I read on the headlines, it said, Jim Fix, running guru, dies of heart attack while jogging. And wow. I like fell out of my chair because here's this guy that I was looking up to thinking that he had the answers. And then I got to thinking about it and I said, you know, maybe he doesn't, he didn't have all the answers, of course. And maybe I better look at my own self and go get a real checkup here and see how well I'm really doing. So I went in to one of the specialists there that did the cardio stress test and I got a stress test done and he got me on the, the doctor got me on the treadmill and he says to, my, to me he says my god uh, James he says you broke the record in my office he says you're in tremendous shape no one's done this well on the treadmill he said he says you just keep up doing what you're doing because you seem like the picture of health he said, you're going to go a long way. You know, your heart is in great shape, and everything else looks great. But on the way out of the office, he says to me, there's only one thing I could find with you, and you might want to get it checked out. It's probably nothing. But he said, there's a mole on your back that looks a little different. It looks a little different than uh, than a normal mole. And he says, I'd like you to get it checked out when you get a chance. It's probably nothing. But I wouldn't worry about it and all that. So I did. I went in and got it checked out a few weeks later. And uh, when I got it checked out, the dermatologist came in to look at it. He says to me, "Oh my gosh, I think you might have melanoma." And I mean, melanoma. I mean, he he got all excited. Like he, <laughs> I mean, he was dancing around in the room almost. I mean, he's really really excited and. And I never knew much about melanoma other than I'd heard about it and knew that it didn't sound very friendly. And uh, I had remembered my stepmother telling me people died from, from moles sometimes that turned cancerous. So this guy's going on about this and about how he might have to remove a large portion of my back tissue and all this. And I didn't like his bedside manner because he just he's almost acted like he'd won the lottery or something and, you know, it scared me to death, and all of a sudden, this this wonderful world that I thought I lived in wasn't so wonderful, and I was living in a, in a pool of fear just, just instantly, and I left that office and told him, I'll get back to you, and I went home, barely made it home. When I got home, my wife said, you know, I think you ought to just get it checked out, and with another doctor, let's get a second opinion, and I said, that's probably the smartest idea so I did I went to a dermatologist that I'd been to before and he thought that it looked suspicious but decided to go ahead and send me over to a friend of his that was a world-renowned oncologist and he said this guy will know exactly what it is and uh, so I went there you know I thought well if I got to go to see someone I'll see the best one of the best so I go in to see this guy He looks at it, and he says, well, it looks suspicious to me also. He says, there's only one way we're going to know what it is. He says, let's just take it out and see what it is. We'll do it right here in the office. So he removed this large plug, you know, out of my back, and it was probably two-inch square. And he says, you know, I'll send it into the lab. I'll get back to you in a few days and let you know what they say. So he says, go home. Don't worry. Uh, There's nothing you can do. Well, all I did was... Stage four is is the the type that spreads to other organs. So he said the only thing you can do is come in every three months and we'll check it out to make sure there's no no issues and let's keep our fingers crossed and hopefully we'll never see this thing again. Well, he also said don't worry, go on, you know, live your life, just go back to normal life. Uh, there's nothing you can do. Well. I mean, how can you go back to normal life when someone tells you you have stage 4 melanoma? Yeah. And from what I could understand, that it was probably going to spread. And I also started to read a little bit. We didn't have the Internet like we have now where you can find something in five minutes. Uh, So I started to read a little bit and didn't find anything very good about stage 4 melanoma. And then I found out from a doctor friend that people that had melanoma probably usually didn't live over three years or so That with this type of melanoma, stage four. So I was just a total wreck. Now, I went from this happy-go-lucky guy, mm. this guy that was ambitious, this guy that thought he had everything going for him that a young man could wish for, and all of a sudden I, I was a different person, and I wasn't fun to be around. I was, uh, didn't want to go to work. I didn't sleep very well. Uh, I was just a miserable person full of fear, full of anxiety, full of depression. So I was not a fun guy to be around at all. And eventually, after about six months of going back to the doctor, everything seemed to check out. But at home, Well, I'm- a semi-regular basis uh i wasn't a real religious guy but i went to church you know uh semi-regular and uh this guy calls me up he's the minister he calls me up and he says to me he says james he says listen i've been praying for you he says there's a lot of people in town praying for you he says i want you to know one thing you cannot give up you've got to fight like hell And I want you to understand that, that, that you can beat this. I know you can beat this cancer. And he says to me right then, he says, you beat this SOB in cancer. Hmm. And he tells me that. I mean, he said it the other way, (laughs) but I mean, he got my attention because here's this holy man,
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: you know, and it got me. It just made me think, you know, I can't give into this. You know, I'm better than this. I'm a. I'm a runner. You know, I'm a guy that knows how to push himself. You know, I ran over 60 miles a week. I was a guy that ran on these races on the weekends. You know, I was into all this. And he says, you know how to push yourself. You can do this. So I started to pray after that phone call. And I prayed to God to help me. And I prayed like I'd never prayed before. And I I wasn't a guy that prayed a lot. Mm -hmm. But I prayed. And I felt like every cell in my body was was praying. I never felt this kind of energy before around my body. And uh, I guess I was just so desperate to find something. But I felt this energy and I felt that that calmness come over me after that prayer. And I felt like I wasn't all alone anymore. Mm -hmm. And probably 20 minutes later or so after that prayer, I got a knock on. And I'm telling you, here comes a friend of mine through that door that I hadn't seen in over seven years, an old college buddy. And I didn't even know where he was at, you know, and he, here he comes through the door. Well, he had heard I was in there from an old friend, and he had these papers in his hand. And he walks through the door, and he tells me, he says, I've got these this book review, the book review about a guy that healed himself cancer using a diet and a lifestyle. He says, of a friend of mine at the office gave me this yesterday while we were having lunch we were talking about you and he he brought me this article and he thought that it might help you so anyway he brings this over and I just instantly knew that I was supposed to do what was in those papers and I didn't know anything about it yet but I just Diet. And now I never heard of macrobiotic, anything called macrobiotics, before. Because Where I come from, you go to the doctor like I've done when you get sick. And so he comes to me with this article about this guy, and I knew that if this would help him, then why wouldn't it help me? And uh, he had written a book about his story, kind of like my book. And I just got very excited. I had my friend go get this book. And this book was written by actually an actor that was on TV back in those days. Mm. Uh, he was on a show uh, called The a and that was back in the 80s, and his name was uh, uh, Dirk Benedict. And he wrote this book, and I really related to the guy because he was a guy from Montana, and he grew up on a ranch, and I just liked his kind of his cowboy mentality that he went after, went for broke, and I thought that if he could do it, I could do it, too. So now I'm starting to get excited about something, and I felt that this was from, you know, all happened, you know, in a short time from from the prayer, from the phone call, everything else. So now I'm excited. I'm reading the book. I couldn't put it down. The next day, I woke up in the morning, and here comes another knock on my hospital door. And it was my stepmother. My stepmother came through the door, and she had a book in her hand. She's waving this book around, and she says, "Look, you know, uh, you know, uh, cousin so and so brought me this book, uh, sent me this book, and wanted me you to read this book." And it was a book about vitamins. called macrobiotic, a macrobiotic diet, and he says to me, hold on a second. And he turned around. And it was kind of strange. He went towards the door. He went over. Oh, I thought I was leaving. And he went to the door, and he, he closed the door really tight, comes back over, sits next to my bed, and he says, well, I have heard of the diet, but I'm not going to tell you what I know about it until you promise to, to uh, not tell anyone of our conversation." Mm. He says, I don't wanna lose my job here. I'm I'm working in a you know, in a cancer ward. I've been here for twenty something years, I don't wanna lose my retirement and pension and all that. So he told me that and I knew I knew now I was really on to something. So he sat down there and he told me, he says, I've heard a lot of good things about this diet, I've seen a lot of good things, uh I've people get well from this diet, many people. And he said, I even tried it, but I couldn't stick to it. So he says, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do this diet. And he says, if you do it the right way, you could probably get well. But he says, you have to do it the right way, and you can't slack off with it. You've got to really stick with it. And so he went on to tell me this, and I got really excited. And he says, by the way, he says, you don't seem depressed after all. (laughs) So he says, you know, you seem like the guy that could do something like this. So he suggested two other books for me to get, to go out and get and read. And uh, so I did. And this was all about supporting, you know, support. these other books supported the whole idea of what I was about to uh, get into. And I was just very excited. So long story short, I ended up doing 10 chemotherapy treatments. And uh, it was the worst thing I ever did in my life. They were terrible. And I had to do five at a time and then recover for two months. And then I had to come back again and do five more. And it was a 10-hour process on most days. But I was sick, so sick and weak from these chemotherapy treatments. And uh, the doctor comes in one day and he says, I'm sorry to tell you, you know, your body's not really responding. That's why you're getting so sick. And I said to him, I said, listen, isn't there something else I can do? He says, no, there's nothing else we can do for you. And I said, well, what about a diet? What about a lifestyle change, you know, that that has that deals with nutrition and, and vitamin C and things like that? He goes, no, nah, none of that works like that to me. None, none of that works. And I said, well, what would you do if it was your son? He says to me, Well, I'd do the same thing. And I said, well, you know, I could die from these treatments because every night people were getting wheeled down the hallway, Mm -hmm. and they were dying in that hospital ward that I was in. And this was down in Houston, Texas,
1: and, you know, it
2: was one of these these big-time hospitals, and they were dying of pneumonia, you know, not from the cancer, from pneumonia and things like that because this chemotherapy was so hard you know, on their immune system. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want to be the next one, and I just felt like as sick as weak as I was, couldn't eat or keep anything in my stomach at all, that I might be the next one. That's how I felt. And I knew I had to do something. When that doctor told me that, I raised up in that bed, and I said, listen here, you SOB, because it made me so mad, because here I had all this hope and all this Positive energy around me before this, and now he's pulling the rug out from under me, taking my this this good feeling I had out, and giving me no hope to look forward to. And I told him, listen here, if I could get out of this bed, I'd tear you apart. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you something. He turned around, he went out that door like he'd seen a ghost, and I never saw that doctor ever again. And I can tell you, two nights later, I decided to get up and sneak out of the hospital mm-hmm. at 2 in the morning. You know, I thought real hard about this, but I knew that I wasn't going to stick around any longer. I didn't want to find out what might happen to me one night. So I got out of that hospital, and I went in, and I made up a, my uh, decision at that point that I was going to dig in. I was going to do this diet, do the vitamin C, uh, change changed my whole lifestyle, and I was not going to look back. And if it didn't work for me, if I didn't get well, it wasn't because I didn't try. I was going to give it 150%. I was going to be the guy that that people would talk about, you know, and and say this was the guy that that went all out and got well. I was going to be the hero in my own life, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So I made up my mind that nothing was going to stop me and if it did then I wasn't going to feel bad about it because I'd given it everything I had and that's what I did and of course I went and changed my life and you know it's it's all in the book everything I did back then and everything that I would do again because if I had to do this over again I might make a few changes because I've learned so much over the years but I can tell you uh that was the greatest thing for me because it changed my life. It, it made me look at things differently. I appreciate things a lot more. I, every day means a lot more than it did back in those days. And, and uh, it's a hard battle to have to go through. It was, uh, you know, a tough time. Losing basically just about destroyed my life, you know, everything I had back then. But, you know, when I look back at it, you know, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And it's hard for people to understand that, but uh, mm-hmm. it, you know know—I'm still here, and I'm—you know—we're talking yeah. today about it, and—and yeah. and, uh, you know, I still uh, believe. I just believe that that people can get well if they set their mind to it, and it's not all just about diet. It's about everything. And, yeah, and it—it uh, it was quite a journey.
0: Wow. That is an amazing story. I want to let my listeners know, you know, if you've just tuned in, uh, this is Loretta Brown. My guest today is James Templeton. We're talking about his journey. He has written a a great book called I Used to Have Cancer, How I Found My Own Way Back to Health. And uh, at the top of the uh, cover of the book, it says A Guide to Using Alternative Approaches, to over, overcome cancer and regain your life and for those of you watching on the video cam this is the book right here and it's a really it's a really great book James it's it's a it's a very approachable but you've got so much information in this book about uh like you said it's more than just that macrobiotic diet um there's a, there's a lot in this and i i just have to tell you that Uh, I'm really touched by your story and very inspired by it. I I do believe in God and divine being, whatever people want to call that. And uh, you definitely had something going on, not only with that minister um, uh, talking to you, but those three people that came in. And um, (laughs) it's funny because in the opening I was talking about that divine anger, you know, that impulse Mm -hmm. that comes into us. And we're like, no, like you're telling this This guy, if I could get out of this bed, I'd tear you apart, you know. How dare you take my hope away from me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking to myself, how many people uh, are out there, and and I I know we can't quite answer this question, but are faced with um, chemotherapy and radiation therapy, and they are very, very hard on the body. And I'm really hearing you say how you really walked away from that. That... I don't know if that's courage or or crazy, but you're here. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely here. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, um, let me just put it this way, what what are some of the things that promote cancer and what are some of the things that help prevent or fight cancer?
2: Well, you know, cancer is caused from a lot of things you know it's uh, the toxicity levels in the body and there's not one person out there that has cancer that doesn't have an overabundance of toxicity in their Mm -hmm. body Mm -hmm. and when i say toxicity i'm talking about things like you know chemicals and 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 pesticides and household products that are you know in people's cabinets that they're they're using unnatural you know substances and chemicals in their house and they're they're using you know lots of uh, uh, you know sugar in their food and sugar is a real real de- deep cancer and you really have to cut down on the sugar because it's like a toxic chemical to the body and you know we all have cancer in our body so we want to make sure that we get rid of everything that's toxic you know like too much fat, too much dairy in the in the diet and you know even too much uh red meat you know it's very hard on the body you know and I believe in eating some red meat I do today I'm not on a strict macrobiotic diet anymore but I believe in in certain non-negotiable things for a diet and you have to eat you know cancer fighting foods foods that are very And other chemicals and herbicides and all that, and the glyphosates that are in the food, and the GMOs, which are usually mm-hmm. because, you know, have glyphosates that we've all heard of that are very toxic and cancer-causing. So you got to get all that out, and then you've got to put all the good stuff in to help fight it. So the vitamin C is very anti-cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like enzymes. You know, I take enzymes with food and a few between meals, and, you know, they're very important. But we all have the cancer, and the immune system takes care of it on a regular basis. But when the toxicity gets so high, it can't, it's overloaded, it can't do its job. So now, therefore, the cancer starts to stay around longer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we also have things like yeast and fungus in the body because of all the excess sugar and the fermented, you know, yeast in the body causes havoc with the immune system. So the immune system's got to deal with that. And I even discovered that I talk about in the book something called parasites, intestinal mm-hmm. parasites. Mm-hmm. And parasites is a big, big problem. And I was told by, by a doctor, which was a world-renowned uh, parasitologist, that he had never seen a case of cancer or AIDS that didn't have some kind of parasitic involvement. So, you know, you got to get rid of the parasites. you got to get rid of the yeast and the fungus. you got to get rid of the sugar and cut it way down because you got to starve the cancer to death and give it a lot of, I believe, vitamin C, which is deathly to the cancer cells. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of IV vitamin C therapies now that people are using to get, to get, about it back then but i can tell you it was probably the best thing i ever did because i felt like i was dying slowly dying because of the way i felt and i got scared and decided that you know this doctor didn't have any other any other positive thing to say to me or anything like well look you know i don't know what else to do but i'm going to work with you we'll find something else if this doesn't work they don't say that And, and do it myself and and go all out and, and do, be my own guru, my own researcher. And, uh, you know, always be open to new things. But, again, you got to get all the good stuff in and all the bad stuff out. And uh, I talk about all the things in, in the book.
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah, the book covers a lot of things. I really recommend people get it. James Templeton's book, I Used to Have Cancer, How I Find My Own Way Back to Health. Um, James, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the Templeton Wellness Foundation and what is Uniki?
2: Well, the Templeton Wellness Foundation is a foundation that I started a couple of years ago. And uh, I had a good friend and his wife passed away of pancreatic cancer. And I tried everything I could to get her to try to do some other things, you know, to point her in the right direction, send her to. Most of them changed their diet, their lifestyle. Uh, some of them did a lot of different supplements, supplements. A lot of them did vitamin C. Some of them did different oxygen therapies and things like that. So I wanted to give people this information, not from me, from these people, you know, so that people could understand what they did. So I do that. And I also. Uh, have a restaurant guide that I'm working on, because mm. when people get cancer, they think that, oh, I can't have a life anymore, I'm not going to you know be able to go anywhere, do anything, especially if they've been on a strict diet, I can't have, have any kind of joy anymore in my life, and uh, so I, I've been working really hard for the past year on a restaurant guide, uh, because I want to let people know where the healthiest restaurants are in America. And uh, so we've got that. It's almost complete. Uh, it's been quite a ordeal, but uh, it's about there. And it's, it's up, but it's not complete totally. Mm-hmm. But it's the Templeton List, and uh, it's, it's on our site right now, the Templeton Wellness Foundation. So I do that. And then you also ask me about Unikey Health. Unikey... Is a company I started uh, twenty eight over twenty eight years ago because I didn't want to go back into the the uh, the convenience store gas station business selling beer and cigarettes and you know things like that. I wanted to do something to really give back and help people. So I started a company that deals with uh, nutritional supplements and uh, you know parasite detox products. Uh, the things I've been talking about, all the things that help to detoxify, help to rebuild, because Unikey stands for universal key to health, mm. getting mm-hmm. to the root of all of our health issues and then rebuilding and then maintaining. And that's something that's been very successful for me, very important. And I feel like I've helped a lot of people uh, you know, with Unikey. But now I'm really so excited about my new foundation because Uh, This is really going to kind of, I guess, uh, help more people, you know, because one out of two of us almost are going to have cancer in our lifetime now.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So uh, this is Loretta Brown. My guest today, James Templeton, and I I love the fact that you have this support out there. And I'm going to encourage people, uh, whether you have cancer or you have not been diagnosed with cancer, remember, one out of two people will have it. Uh, might as well change your diet and your lifestyle now to get James's book I used to have cancer and then find more about him at UnikeyHealth.com. UnikeyHealth.com. and and um, I love your courage I love your story and I love the idea that you know we can actually be active participants in our own health at all levels of our being yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show, James.
2: Thank you, Loretta. It's been a pleasure.
0: It's a pleasure. Blessings to you, and thank you again. Thank you so much. And to my listeners, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.